them are more than pals Our show can be a little gay But if you're not, that's okay You can listen and have fun either way Xena, Star Wars, Doctor Who Guests and music and reviews Game of Thrones, why Nona too? She promised there's something for you She nerds out We're girls that like girls That like dirty things Hello and welcome to the She Nerds Out podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Wendy. And I'm Tara. On today's episode, we are talking with T. Noven, the famed and revered. Acclaimed. Acclaimed. Thank you, Renowned. <laughs> Fan fiction writer turned published author. And uh, T. Noven is one of those fanfic writers who have, has been around for, it feels like, from the beginning of Xena fan fiction. So it was our pleasure to talk with him, and uh, here we go. All right, guys, we have a very special guest. We are very honored to have our uh, our next writer on our fan fiction foreplay segment, T. Noven, who has been a writer in the Xena world for as long as I can remember. He's going to tell us about some stuff he's got coming out, some new stuff, some stuff that is being republished. Tian. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for asking me to be here. <laughs> so first of all, how are you doing? Everybody okay? <laughs> it's a weird time right now to be... Uh... Uh, yeah, yeah, everybody's all right. We're in um, Kentucky, actually, um, about uh, 35 minutes from Lexington. And so far, we're all just kind of staying in and hunkered down and trying to put our, our downtime, our home time to good use. Well, good. I'm glad you guys are good, and and um, hoping that you stay safe. So let's get yeah. to the, let's get to the fun stuff. All right. So when did you first start writing fan fiction? Well, actually, I started writing fan fiction when they were still publishing fanzines. Ooh. So well before the internet, I was writing. Um, I did some Star Trek stuff mm. and, and things like that. And they would 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 the fanzines be just a collection of all sorts of fan fiction, or was it a specific Star Trek fanzine, or was it just any kind of shows that had fan fiction going on? It was basically Star Trek at the time because that's what we you know we were doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I was writing them when you had to take them and type them up and take them to Kinko's and get them Xeroxed. And <laughs> oh wow! When you actually had to put work into production. <laughs> Use the post office, mail them out. Did you did you have like a deal with a fanzine or did you submit things and then they would write back and say, hey, congratulations, you're in? It, well, you know, like a lot of what people are doing now with Amazon, a lot of them were self-published and there was like a hmm. huge group of us in central Ohio hmm. who, who would swap them and trade them and send hmm. them back and forth and that kind of stuff. It seems like, and we've talked to, you know, uh, a few other fan fiction writers, it seems like Star Trek was really kind of what started the whole fan fiction phenomenon. It's so interesting. Well, modern fan fiction, I think, but uh, they've been writing fan fiction for hundreds of years. Hmm. But yeah, I think Star Trek was probably where it caught on for a lot of people. Because, you know, Gene's message was to be yourself and be creative and boy, People have been latching onto that for the last 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> so then when this little show came on the air, I don't know if you heard of it. It's called Xena Warrior Princess. I, I think I've, I've heard of it once or twice. <laughs> and so what about that show 
first of all, you know, um, what was your first impression of the show? And then eventually what led you to want to write fan fiction for those characters? Well, I was actually a very lucky human being, and I saw the very the premiere episode of Xena the the day that it premiered, mm. wow. and uh, I was kind of hooked from the very beginning. I don't I, like everyone else. I guess it was probably the chemistry, and you know, the it it was just something very different for the time. Really, had you been so, watching Hercules? Is that how you knew she was coming, or did you just hear no, about Xena? I just kind of flipped, actually just flipped the TV on one day and there it was. Hmm. <laughs> wow, so I, I, I really, I lucked out. I really did. Wow. Um, but no, I hadn't been watching Hercules. Um, was never a big fan of that show. <laughs> Same <laughs> here. <laughs> Shocker. What can, what can I say? Um, but yeah, I, I was drawn to Xena immediately and, and was a, a, a number one fan from then on. And um, I ended up, when Xena was in its second or third season, I ended up getting sick. I'm a cancer survivor many times over. And I was going through another round of treatment, so I was stuck at home, so I started writing fan fiction. And I was just posting it on some little page I had. And um, I cannot remember his name now to save my neck, but there was this fellow who ran a fan fiction site. Was it Tom? And, yeah, Tom. It was Tom. there it is. Tom. Yeah, I remember Tom's site. That's Tom's where I found popular. Yeah. I started on Tom's site. <laughs> and when Tom decided to close down his site or not work on it as much, Mary D took me on. Huh. Okay. Who, who's that? Sorry. No, I'm just uh, <laughs> The Mary D. <laughs> my, my, my little Australian best buddy. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. she, she decided that uh, she wanted to post. Uh, my fan fiction, and I went on to write Raising Melosa series and a bunch of stuff for her. And, so and she could post it on the and, site. And by uh-huh. the way, you, you, all those works are still up on Mary's site. Uh, for yes, anybody, they are. For anyone who's interested. you ha- And you have quite a catalog of Xena uh, fan fiction up there. It's pretty, it's a, it's, if anyone's out there missing some classic Xena uh, fan fiction, that is a great place to start. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I, I um, dabbled around with a little bit of everything from Ubers to Conqueror Stories to, you know, life with the Amazons. So I, I, I tried to hit a little bit of everything. If something piqued my interest, I, I gave it a go. Hmm. Wow. There was so much to draw from in Xena, especially when the Ubers got started, the Conquerors showed up, the Amazons. <laughs> Absolutely. Lots, it, lots was, it, it was, yeah, it was a plethora of great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> So then let's talk about some of your Ubers. Um, and I actually, I, I do remember, I've, I have been reading your stuff for a really long time, Tian. And I remember Madam President specifically as being yes. like, oh, wow, like you can take these characters and put them anywhere. And they, yes. they absolutely work. So what, what was your first Uber? Do you remember? Oh, you know, I really don't. I, I think it might have been Southern Comfort which uh, is the Uber and the short that Words Heard in Silence in the Redmond Saga came from. Got it. But, you know, I've written thousands of pages, hundreds of stories, Hmm. and I I can't keep them all straight in my head anymore. Sure. So the Words Heard in Silence series, now that's, can you tell us a little bit about that and um, what was the motivation? Sure. 
Um, that is a historical fiction series that my wife and I, Taylor, who's here with me, um, that we started writing. She had read Southern Comfort and she was actually working with us on exposure as a technical consultant. Hmm. So So we're not married at the time. Not at this. No. Okay. Um, (laughs) A little budding. uh, (laughs) Yeah. No, she she was wor- just working with uh, me and Fanatic on exposure as a, as a technical consultant. She had read Southern Comfort, and she got a hold of me and said, "You know, I, I think this would make a really great book. Um, let's talk about it." And we did, and it took us about a year, um, but we ended up putting together the first book in what is now the Redmond series, um, "Words Heard in Silence." Right. And we wrote we wrote that one uh, via AIM. Oh wow! Uh, I, was <laughs> living, I was living. I was yeah. I was living in Ohio, and she was living in Virginia. Wow! And the easiest way for us to communicate, Madam President, was written that way too with hmm. Blaine Cooper. A lot of my partner works um, were written yeah via AIM. <laughs> But um, the the Redmond series is a historical fiction series set in Culpeper, Virginia, right at the end of the Civil War. And um, we have our characters of Charlie Redmond, who is a Union officer, and Rebecca Gaines, who is a Southern widow. And when Charlie is is ordered to find a winter encampment, he decides to take over Rebecca's farm for this purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's where the romance and the relationship and all the fun stuff starts. <laughs> um, the thing about Charlie is Charlie's got a little bit of a secret, you know, um, under Charlie's uniform, you're not going to find what you expect. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it was interesting to try to write basically a transgendered character in a time when it, I mean, the people existed, transgender people have always existed, mm-hmm. but um, to write one in a time where the word didn't exist, the, right, the right. concept mm-hmm. didn't exist. Yeah, it's been interesting to try to do that. Tian, but, is, uh, is Charlie based off of any one person in 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 history or did you, was it sort of like an amalg- amalgamation of what you would imagine that person, that person's Charlie life? Is, Charlie is probably a lot of me because... At the time we were writing words, I was dealing with a lot of stuff. And, of course, I started transitioning 15 years ago. So a few years after we – there's there's probably a lot of um, unintentional me in Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we were – you know, I, I was going through uh, trying to figure out my own life, my own head, my own way of being. And he gave me that outlet. Wow. And, I mean, and there were, I mean, there were a lot of women who dressed as men and served in the Civil War. Charlie is is based on a major that served under Philip Sheridan. Hmm. Oh, wow. That's the highest ranking woman that we know of. Wow. Yeah. It's fascinating. And there were a lot of women who continued to live as men after the war. They, you know, their families protected them, their friends protected them, you know, their their communities even protected them so there is some historical accuracy there yeah Hmm. which is good when you're writing historical fiction you want that right (laughs) i was gonna say how much research went into that wow um tons taylor taylor and i have walked battlefields wow um 
I go, I get on the internet to do, I, if I think she's written a movie, I did this once to her, drove her crazy. She wrote a scene and she wrote a description of the moon. And I actually went back and checked the historical records to see what the moon phase was for that day. Oh, wow. Oh, I love that <laughs> dedication to accuracy. That's amazing. You know, um, so yeah, I check on that kind of stuff. I check on, you know, monetary differences between then and now and, Mm. And that kind of stuff so that we can try to keep it realistic. And um, we did create the character of Elizabeth Walker, who was an amalgam of Elizabeth Blackwell and Mary Walker, two of the earliest female physicians mm-hmm. in the world. And um, Elizabeth or Mary Walker was actually a, um, a, a Civil War physician so she that's where we drew a lot of our inspiration for that character from but we do take the history very very seriously um we do a lot of research we we will go when when we wrote words 20 years ago we went to appomattox which is where the final battle takes place and we walked around and we did our research and we came home and Appomattox is actually one of the worst documented battles in, of the Civil War. It was the first time unsupported artillery and unsupported cavalry had faced each other. And so we came home, we sat down, Taylor wrote the battle scenes because she, her, she grew up in a family of Civil War historians, so she had a really good grasp of that. Wow. And... We got, after the book came out, I mean, we got letters from professors at Emory University hmm. saying, you know, great job. Your, your history is, is good and accurate. You did a great description of a battle that we know nothing about. <laughs> so about four years ago, we went back to Appomattox as we were getting ready to look at words again and see if maybe it needed anything. Hmm. Um, and it, in the time between when we wrote the book and when we went back the second time, researchers have come in. They have done the research and we were right. Wow. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah. 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 Well, it, it, it was pretty good. I mean, you know, I'm very proud of that. And you, and you, you very quietly, slyly mentioned that that was, you guys wrote that 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Words is twenty years old. Um, the the sequels that are out now to it, uh, Paths and Enemies and Honor, they're all within the last three or four years. We we decided to start working on them again. But yeah, Words is Words is twenty years old. Wow, that's just <laughs> upsetting. <Yeah. laughs> um, for personal reasons, but so at the time when you when you first published Words. Because it is dealing with a, a, a transgender character, was there any kind of pushback? Was it accepted pretty uh, widely throughout the fan fiction uh, community? Was you know what was the experience of actually releasing what? that? Yeah, no, I, I think that it was pretty well accepted. Tate's got a, a story to tell you on that one. Words, uh, among other things, is sold at the um, museum in Culpeper. They're very proud oh, wow. of, of how we represented their their town hmm. their problem wasn't that charlie was transgendered their problem was that charlie was a yankee 
Wow. And yeah, it's true. Yeah, they were like, you had to make him a Northerner. <laughs> wow. That's um, funny. And in the fan fiction community, it was readily accepted and embraced. Um, the biggest pushback we got on words was what happens to Charlie at the end of the book. Yeah. Uh-oh. Ooh. Should you spoil it? I guess it's been out a while. Well, <laughs> I, I, it's 20 years old. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it is war. You know, oh. so you, you have to expect that, that not everybody's going to come out of it completely mm. unscathed. Yeah. But yeah, we, what we got where we got hate mail mm. on, on that. On yeah. the, on the ending. Everybody, yeah. Everybody loves Charlie. That's not a problem. Hmm. It, they didn't like what we did to him. Hmm. <laughs> oh dear. Wow. Which I guess is fair <laughs> because if you fall in love with a character, you want everything to be as perfect for them as it should be. It's a book. Sure. I you get, know, it's a compliment. They love they loved your character so much. Exactly. Yeah. And they want them to have that that perfect literary life. But we thought that maybe there might be more than one book in there and, and you can't do perfect. Hmm. You know, if you're going to try to do a family saga, it's not going to be perfect all the time. No, especially no. not in those conditions. Right. <laughs> it, it, exactly. So now there's four books in the series out is there going to be a fifth coming up yes we are working on it right now that's wow. one of the things that's one of the things that we're doing during our our um, social quarantine <laughs> <laughs> is um we are going back through now with a fine tooth comb and and picking up some things that we missed and fixing some things that weren't quite right and um, I'm hoping that it will be to Mary D by September. Amazing. Yeah. And so, and you know, uh, we should tell people that these, your the um, the Redmond Civil War Romance series is available on Amazon. And there yes, are yes. Well, Redmond, uh, the first book, Words, is back out. Mary D is released Words in uh, February. She's releasing uh, Paths of Peace, which is the second book on the twentieth of March. And then the other two should follow about thirty to sixty days after that. And hopefully, we'll have the fifth one out by the end of the year too. Excellent, great timing. Yeah. Yep. Very well reviewed on Amazon and Goodreads as well. People really love these characters and the series altogether, and they are eagerly awaiting the next chapter. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I, I'm very proud of of this body of work. I really am. It's you know, it's exceptional. It's uh, four books and over a million words now, and. <laughs> I, I every once in a while I just kind of have to sit back and look at it and go, "Wow, I did that." Yeah, that's a lot that to be proud a lot of. of work. Yeah, wow. yeah. You got to be dedicated. You got to want to do it. No kidding. Yeah. So, do you are you are you still reading any any fan fiction? Are you still kind of uh, an active reader? Or are you just Every once in a while, I'll find something that, that piques my curiosity, and I will read it. But as a writer, I, I do try to refrain from reading a lot of other, um, especially like fan fiction, when you're doing that kind of I don't want someone to go, hey, I wrote that two years ago. Right. Hmm. You, you know, because these things will stick with you. They'll get in the back of your mind, and six months later, you're, you know, doing something that, that someone else is has already right. done <laughs> sure. quite in it quite inadvertently um and right now honestly i've got three books that i'm working on 
Wow. I'm working on uh, Wither, which is the fifth book in the Redmond series with Taylor. And then I'm working on um, one called Sacred Blood by myself. And then I've got The Claiming of Ford that I am redoing for republication too, hmm. which is science fiction. Oh. So I've got one historical novel running, one fantasy novel working, and one science fiction novel working. Is that all? <laughs> That's all right now. <laughs> Is it hard to keep track of all the, the characters and stories and not start writing some character in the book that they're like in the other book? And- uh, no, so far, because they're all different genres. Mm-hmm. I, I've been really lucky. Uh-huh. Um, my biggest obstacle this past week was when I realized that the characters in my fantasy book had names that sounded very, very familiar to another author's characters. Mm-hmm. And I went, well, that's not going to work. Let's find a new name. <laughs> and it, I, for me, it's like naming a child. I can't just do it right off the top of my head. It took me three days to rename these characters. Oh, man. I, I sat staring at hundreds <laughs> and hundreds of names on my computer. And it took me three days to, to figure out new names. But I got them. You just have to wait to those names. Like they just kind of jump out at you. Like, okay, this, these feel right. It's like too many options. Yeah. And and sometimes the characters will name themselves, which is what these two did. And Mm -hmm. I was okay with that until I went, wait a minute. No, this is not going to work. Ladies. Sorry. (laughs) You know? Um, But we, we found uh, nice replacements. And now that we've done that, I mean, I'm 50,000 words into this. And I really didn't want to go any further until I renamed those characters. Oh, no. mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that they've got new names, I can get back to work on them. Wow. Sounds like you're going to be socially quarantined for quite some time with all <laughs> yes. that work. That you're all that doing. writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had several, you know, I've had several fans get a hold of me the last few weeks, see how I'm doing and, and what's going on. And, mm. and I told them I'm writing and they're all very happy. I keep getting a little snoopy happiness. <laughs> Gifts back. And stuff like that so have any other uh what other like i guess like xena and gabrielle obviously piqued your interests in, in writing yeah. and that type of thing have there been any other since then since xena uh, and gabrielle yeah. that- i i just actually i think I, three or four segments of gentleman jack oh yeah for yeah. uh, mary d they're over there too mm-hmm. nice so and and i may do another one of those just because they're they're fun characters to play with Oh, they they yeah. are very they are very fun characters, especially for me because I like the historical stuff. Mm-hmm. And with Ann Lister being an actual historical character, oh yeah, there yeah there are things that I can go research and dig into and just have a little bit of fun with. So yeah, I've, I've re- I did some Gentleman Jack. Um, mostly, it's in the last t- two decades. <laughs> oh my god, I'm. <laughs> um, in the last two decades or so, it's been mostly Xena. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, uh, I also don't spend a lot of time watching TV anymore. Um, if I've got it on, I've got it on for background noise. Mm-hmm. Um, I might do some Batwoman because oh. I, I am, I am very into the new Batwoman. We're Isn't watching that? that too. Yeah. We're liking yeah. that. Just caught up yeah. on that. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It, it's, gets better as it goes, you know, it so does. liking it. Yeah. <laughs> it. It absolutely does. They have a fabulous writing team on that on yeah. that show. Yeah. I keep saying really it, it surprises me the mm-hmm. directions. I keep thinking, okay, well they're here. Here's how this is going to go. And then it goes a whole different way. So uh-huh. I've been surprised. I like it. I like yep. That. that when I can sit back and, and watch a show and tell you what's coming, mm-hmm. you know, 
I can't do that with Batwoman. <laughs> no, same here. Same here. I, I have, and I'm going, okay, I know what's going to happen. Wait a minute. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, so who would you be writing? Uh, I guess Kate Kane or, or Sophie or Batwoman and Sophie. I, I actually, I, I, I like Kate a lot and mm-hmm. I would actually, I'm thinking maybe something that delves more into her relationship with Mary, her sister. Oh, yeah. Oh, we love like Mary. Yeah. I do too. I, yeah. think Mary, I think Mary is wonderful. She's yeah. a fantastic character. So I would like to, to maybe do a little more, you know, mm-hmm. with, with Kate and Mary's relationship. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We love anytime they're on together. We love Mary. Anytime <laughs> yeah. she shows up. it's good. <laughs> yep. So do, do most or all of your, um, works have a, a either a main character or supporting character that's lgbtq or is there you know or absolutely somewhere in in my books regardless of how i write main characters there will be a, a good strong character that's going to represent the community mm-hmm. but um normally i go for couples the 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 uh, sci-fi thing i'm writing is two women the the fantasy piece i'm writing is two women um, Charlie's transgendered. So normally I stay with the same sex relationships because mm-hmm. I think it's important to show, you know, that's the way you get people not to be afraid of something is to make them understand there's nothing to be afraid of. So I do try to make sure that the community is well represented. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's always good. Um, yeah. Well, how, what was your first, cause I remember back in the Xena days when everything you know started to be published, what was your first book to be published when all the, the fanfic writers, all of a sudden everybody started getting published and certain things. Um, and, I want to say it was Madam President. I was thinking it was Madam President. I feel like yeah. that was one of the early ones that I remember. We did. Published. Cause we did, I did, uh, we did Madam President and then I did, uh, the claiming, of, <coughs> the claiming of Ford, which is no longer in print mm-hmm. because it's being redone. Hmm. And then we did first lady. So those were the first three books of mine mm-hmm. and somewhere in there, the road to glory, which also is no longer in print. So those were like the four, first four. And since then there's been words and paths and enemies and honor bringing the total to eight. Wow. Yeah. And with hopefully many, many more to come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, my, that's my game plan. It's my game plan. We'll have to see how it goes. <laughs> do you do do when you're writing? Do the stories or the characters, the dialogue? Do they just sort of like come to you, or do you have those times where you're just like, I don't know what to make them do now. I don't know where <laughs> to go with this. Or do you? Does it just come really naturally to you? The writing. I know everybody has blocks. At least normally, I've normally it comes really naturally to hmm. me. Um, most uh, most writers I know will describe their writing process. They say, "I see a movie and I write it down." Mm-hmm. That's not how the that's not the way it works for me. My characters are very real in my head to the point that when I'm writing, I can see them visually in my head on a, a theater stage. And during my first draft, all my characters are sitting around the table, <laughs> like they're doing a table read. A table oh, read. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And um, then once I get into, we get into the editing and the rewriting and this and that and the other, that's where we move to dressed stages and costumes. <laughs> and uh, we can even go back and reset 
something that doesn't work because I've had Charlie in my head turn to me and go, it did not happen that way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Taylor and I wrote a a storyline for, was it paths or enemies? I can't, one of the, one of the two, we, we were going to bring back an old suitor of Rebecca's named John Ramsey. Mm -hmm. And we wrote 35 pages and Rebecca went, Nope, not doing it. (laughs) My my characters will will actually put their foot down. And when they do that, I get a big block. And once I find a direction that they like and that they enjoy, you know, they, go off and, and go back to work. But yes, I've had characters absolutely refuse to do something. Go I strike. I, I, I know it. Yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. I've always just told people that I got very lucky and learned how to use the voices in my head for good. <laughs> <laughs> so you and Taylor, your wife's there. Hi, Taylor, by the way, we didn't officially uh, Hi, say hello. <laughs> so you, it sounds like you guys uh, are, you have obviously written together before and you're currently working on some, some new stories together. How does that work out? Uh, do you, how do you decide who's going to write which section? Is it, you know, collaborative? Like, how, how do you guys work together? Um, very, very carefully. <laughs> uh, we, we also don't use a storyboard in any way. We let things flow naturally. So we'll be discussing where we want to go from here and we'll say, okay, this scene needs to be written, Charlie and his, you know, horse or or whatever. And whichever one of us feels like we want to give it the first go, writes the first draft. Mm -hmm. Then they, like, if I write it, I'll pass it to Taylor. She'll read it and she will make her additions to it. Then she will pass it back to me to see if I want to make more additions to it. Wow. So that we just go back and forth with these scenes or with these chapters until we're both happy with where they are. Uh, I'd like to add, we do frame out the historical framework that we're working on so that we don't really have a storyboard. We have a timeline that we work with. Hmm. Yeah. So you know where you want to go. Essentially, yeah. yeah, we have to make sure that we keep track of things like when did uh, Robert E. Lee die and things like mm-hmm. that. So we have to make sure we have a good historical timeline, but we don't do storyboards for the actual characters in the book. You don't just have them and, and, and even everyone showing up like on Xena. It doesn't really matter where, <laughs> when they were just, just throwing some characters. Here's Caesar for well, you. <laughs> we try not to. Yeah. And when we take, when we take historical liberties, we do note it mm-hmm. in, in the beginnings of the book. Um, we have, uh, Charlie has some fainting goats on his property <laughs> and, and, and fainting goats are a real thing, mm-hmm. but they didn't come to Virginia until 1890 or something like that. Wow. And we've got them, we've got them there about 30 years earlier. So we did make, <laughs> we did make a note, um, in the, in the, in the, right. At the front of each book, there are historical notes. Yes. That's a fun if, note. If <laughs> that is a fun note. At the front of each book, there's uh, a list of characters, their relationships, and whether the character is a historical character or oh, not. Wow. Where we've had historical characters, we've been incredibly careful to build their dialogues based on their letters, hmm. their speeches, things that were recorded. 
So, for example, in Paths of Peace, Robert E. Lee plays a role. You will find that his language and what he has to say is absolutely based on his speeches. Wow. Wow. Were you we're history? Little, uh-huh. Go ahead. We're, we're a little anal retentive. Well, say, was the history and uh, all this, was that an interest before it? And so you already had an interest in this? Or did you just decide, hey, let's write, write this time period, and you're just determined to get all the details correct? Well, I, I've always been a, a bit of a history buff, but like human history, I never had a specific period. I just mm-hmm. kind of enjoy it all. Taylor grew up with a grandmother who was in the DAR huh? and the, the nice. Confederate, what, what was that? Da- the United Daughters the of the, yeah. The, the United Daughters of Confederacy, the Colonial Dames, the Dames <laughs> of the Magna Carta, the Huguenot Society of South Carolina, yeah. and what the hell else? Was so her, her, her grandmother used to drag her around to cemeteries and battlefields wow. as a kid. Hmm. So she was in the period, um, and and now I have become also quite a, a history fan of the Civil War just because I've had to put so much time into doing the research on it. Well, and you know, some Southern girls have to uh, uh, learn lar- uh, learn and recite large portions of the Bible. Oh, I, I did that. <laughs> I had to learn and recite large portions of Bruce Caton's history. In the Civil War. <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> wow. So does that ever just, just really hold you up when you're, you've, you want to write this scene, but then it takes you weeks of research to, uh, you want to, when you want to get it right, but you yeah, just kind of like I, throw I, everything I, down how you think you want it and then put the research in and then kind of go back and fine tune yeah. it. <laughs> It does slow us down because, for example, um, President Grant obviously plays a big role in these books. He and, he and Charlie are very close friends. And so he get, Charlie gets invited to Grant's second inauguration. And so I decided that I needed to know a little bit more about General Grant's second inauguration. So while... Um, Taylor was actually writing the rough scenes of what we needed. I was doing the research to find out things that we could put in there that would be historically accurate, like Mm -hmm. the fact that they held his second inaugural ball in a tent, a half-tempered tent, on Judiciary Square on the coldest day of the year. Hmm. It was so cold, the uh, musicians spit was freezing in their instruments. <laughs> wow. They had canaries in cages that froze to death and dropped out. Oh god. Of, of the cages <laughs> onto horrible. the heads of the people oh god. who were attending. They turned the coat room, the check room, the coat check room over to illiterate people. No, that was in one. Or is that well, <laughs> either you know. Um and so there was actually fist fights at the end of the evening, people trying to retrieve their coats. <laughs> and this read. all happened. This, <laughs> oh, is, this all actually happened, but those are little details lost to history hmm. until yeah. now. We, we bring them back. Yeah, and their characters the, and, and themselves, the, <laughs> those little it's, things. It's the little details that I find most fascinating. Have you ever been doing research for something and then 
you come across something that you didn't know about, like a person or a, an event or a, just any kind of little thing oh. like you're talking about. And then all of a sudden you say, oh, we've got to do this. We've got to put this <laughs> in the, here. I would time. imagine. Yeah. It, it, a lot of inspiration. We, yeah. Yeah. We do. We'll come across, you know, um, um, different characters and I'll think I've got to work them in somehow. They're, they're, so it, yeah, it happens to us quite frequently. And that's another reason we don't bother with storyboards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a waste of time when you're kind of toys very fluid. And yeah. I think they, I think what they call our style of writing is we're pansters. Right. I think that's what they call it. City or pants. By the seat oh, of my pants. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. he's, he's having loads of fun right now uh, researching the characters that were involved in the, uh, 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 the Western shows. Yes. Um, uh, Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Cody. Bill Cody. He's going to be, all. he's going to be very important, um, to the next generation of Redmonds. Hmm. So I, on the other hand, I'm having a happy time with dinosaur bones. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, um, where the, the kids are growing up now and they're going out on their own. So now there's a lot more to, um, research. <laughs> and I've got two or three books from the library on Buffalo Bill Cody and, you know, and we're going to be, and it's fun because this, and for us, this is the way things tie in. Um, in honor of thy father, we took Charlie and Rebecca and their children to England hmm. where Queen, where Queen Victoria was very important um, to the story. And when we get into the next book with Andy, one of their children, who was just a small boy when they were in England. He will actually be going back there with Buffalo Bill Cody as part of the Wild West. Mm. And so we will be able to bring Prince Albert and Queen Victoria back in again. So, I'm, yeah, I love it when that kind of stuff ties together and we can get we can make more hay out of it, I guess, is what you would say. <laughs> it's a lot of hay. It's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot of hay. A lot to keep track of. It's a lot of hay. Yeah. All right. Well, we're, we've come to the part of the uh, interview where we have to start. It's a controversial question I'm about to ask you both, Taylor okay. and, and Tinovan. Xena reboot, yes or no? <sighs> wow. <laughs> um, actually, I would be okay with it. Um, I, I would be all right with them passing the baton, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see if they're going to do it. I would really like to see Lucy and Renee involved in at least the first couple of episodes and, and do it that way. Um, pass a baton to the next generation, to the next two women who are going to go out and do it. Um, that I think a would solve a lot of the angst and anxiety of, we don't want it unless Lucy and Renee are in it. Because if they are in the first two, at least that means they've given it their blessing. Mm-hmm. And there's the potential for them to come back and do guest star bits. Um, I don't think either one of them are particularly interested. I mean, they age just like we did. <laughs> um, so I don't think either one of them are particularly interested in coming back to such a grueling routine. No. And I can understand why. You know, they're mothers and wives and, and they have lives that they need to lead. Um, and we all know that that was hard work. I mean, we have seen the evidence of their hard work. Um, but if they could be involved with a reboot, I, w- I would be all right with it. 
Yeah, I'd say at this point, if if people know that they have their blessing, I feel I feel like I'd still be shocked if we never see Lucy put on that Xena outfit again. Even like you said, to pass the baton, because I know they wouldn't. They're not interested in a full out series. Do that again, but right? A, a TV movie, you know, short thing, something. If I never see Lucy dress up like that again, I'll be surprised because I feel and, like she's up for it in the right format. And and, and quite honestly, if they're going to reboot it. Um, they need to pick the best of their writers too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, they need mm-hmm. to get need to get Steve Sears back on. Um, Catherine Fugate, Missy Good. You know they need to. They would need to bring their their best and their brightest back mm-hmm. to make it work. Mm-hmm. We'll see if it. You know, we'll see if it happens. You never I, know. You know, we we can always hope for a little something and mm-hmm. see how it works. <laughs> yes. Are y'all that planning? That woman has replaced Batman, Zena too. Yeah. Zena <laughs> <Zena> Jr.? <laughs> Are y'all planning to come to the Zena convention? Um, I will. I am hope, hoping, fingers crossed, um, with the state of affairs in the world today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am actually hoping to be there. I don't know whether Taylor will be able to make it or not. Um, but I don't fly. I can't fly for health reasons. So I will have to take a train. Oh, and and it takes like five days to get from Kentucky to California on a train. Wow. Um, I just went out to Arizona and visited my daughter in November, and it took me uh, four days each way hmm. to get there. It was great. I I had a good time. I learned a lot about train travel in this country. I enjoyed <laughs> myself immensely. Um, but yeah, I'll have to take a train. So I'm kind of waiting to see what's going on with the with the health issues. Yeah, you know, right now, because everything's so kind of up in the air and and very scary. Mm -hmm. And I do have some underlying health issues. Mm -hmm. um, And I can't put myself at risk. Oh, no. I'd I'd say that riding a train from Kentucky to L.A. for a convention would be risky. (laughs) If if things things, are better by then. I would say if things haven't settled down by then, but, uh, you know, the convention is at the end of August. Um, All the experts say that this should begin to calm down and, and, and hibernate or die out or whatever right. when it starts getting hot. Okay. So I think even creation is probably right now hedging their bets <laughs> on the fact that they're going to have a hot summer. Yeah. yeah. You well, know, a lot in, of the conventions yeah. that have been postponed have moved to August. So everybody seems to be banking on August yeah. as being okay. Yeah. And I think that's exactly, you know, they're thinking, okay, when summer hits, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to settle down and, and, I, I hope they're right. I hope, and not just for not just for the convention, but for all the people who are being, you know, affected in every way. Mm. You know, par- parents who got to stay home with their kids right now, and it's 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 crazy. How are y'all doing? I mean, you know, are you staying in as much as possible? Are you are you good on supplies? <laughs> Is everything going? Yeah. Right? Well, um, you know, this this probably won't surprise anybody. I've always been a little bit of a prepper. Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, see, now the so, preppers are. I'm coming to your house for toilet paper. Somebody, somebody posted something on Facebook the other day. Said, uh, and suddenly nobody was laughing at prepper. Nope. (laughs) They're banging on Um, their doors asking for TP. So we, we have everything that we need here. Should things get really ugly right now, we can still pop out to the Kroger's. Yeah. Um, because I, the area we're in is very rural. So we don't have the same kind of population issues that 
Hmm. You know, we're not not in Los Angeles or New York or Chicago. I mean, I'm in Harrodsburg. I'm in Harrodsburg, Kentucky. (laughs) Population like 7,500 or something like that. So, yeah. Well, good. Glad you're safe. Glad you're stocked up. (laughs) Yep. And uh, I haven't seen toilet paper on a shelf in like five days. (laughs) My, My sister sent me pictures of our local Walmart in our hometown. And all this, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. it, completely empty. Just, just insane. But I have toilet paper, so. I'm <laughs> so you're good. It's all that I'm matters. good. Yeah. New definition of who's rich in this country now. <laughs> Who has a toilet paper? I have toilet paper and bourbon. I have oh. no <laughs> What else do you need? <laughs> there you go. So Tina, uh, tell us how we can find your work. We've kind of mentioned it before, but but let, this is the plugging portion of the interview. <laughs> this is um, the plugging portion pl- of the okay. Plug away. <laughs> Well, um, to find almost every piece of everything that I've ever written, just head over to Mary D's website, uh, auspix.com. Um, she's got all the fanfic. She is now in charge of the majority of my books, um, and has those for sale. Um, I have a Facebook page, Teen Oven where people can come and hang out and get snippets of books in progress. And we play games and have contests and, Hmm. and things like that. And I think that Mary D is actually contemplating making me do a website, (laughs) but here's my, here's my thing. You guys have to understand. I am so technologically inept. It is not funny. (laughs) I have, I have no clue. I was worried to death about this interview. I thought, man, if they want to use something like Skype, I'm screwed. <laughs> you know, um, I still I still carry a pocket watch. Oh, good for you. Oh, that's, that's nice. Cool. So, Damn, T, you're so, cool. Yeah. You know, so when when it comes to technology, that is not my forte. So Mary D is going to have to hold my hand and gently pat me pat me on my little head. Um, but until then, there is the Teenoven Facebook page, and there is all my stuff over at Mary D's site. And I'm looking at the Amazon page now. There is you do have works available on Amazon as well. Um, I don't know. You do. <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I turned everything. I turned everything over to Mary. So well, she's been I, busy. I, she's been yeah. <laughs> yeah there. You, we have yeah. a stop on that. One. So yeah, I uh, trust me. I just, you do. I, I just turned everything over to her, and I, you know, I just sit and write and do what they tell me. <laughs> I don't. I don't. You know, it's like send me this file. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Give me your opinion on this cover. Yes, ma'am. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really don't, I don't go over to Amazon. I don't look at reviews. Um, I, I have seen a couple because, you know, Mary's done some stuff, but yeah, I, I learned a long, long time ago to stay away from that kind of stuff. Cause it will kill your soul. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it only smart. takes one bad one. Even yeah. if you got yeah, 80 that, good ones. That's, <laughs> that's all, all it takes is one bad review mm-hmm. to knock you off kilter for weeks and even months. Hmm. You know, or me at least. Oh, I've been so, me too. I, 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 I just, can yeah, to I just, I just try to avoid that stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't tell you what's out there. Yeah. Well, trust me, you're doing great on Amazon. You got okay. some good reviews, and uh, yeah. So, words heard in silence is available in Kindle and in paperback form. Yeah. Madam President as well. So, yeah, if if anybody's out there 
looking for T-Novin stuff, just Google T-Novin. You're, you're going to find some and, stuff. And if, if anybody wants a happy, happy presidential 2020 election by Madam President, Oh, because exactly. that's that's the year mm-hmm. that Dev that's the year that Dev gets elected. Oh no way! Uh, Seriously, that's year, cool. 20, 2020 was the year that we set Dev to be elected president. So we'll finally get president. a female president in twenty twenty, <laughs> one way or the other. <laughs> that's amazing. I, honestly, I was really hoping that Elizabeth Warren would get the nomination. Well, yeah, that would have been cool. Same because um, that book would have been on the New York bestseller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That would have been cool. That's amazing. I didn't realize that. That's really cool. Yeah. So if you need, you know, happy, happy, joy, joy thoughts (laughs) for the upcoming election, I recommend you read Madam President. Yeah, I think I read it back then. I might have to dive back into it because, you know. We need it right now. The current state of politics is not fun all the time. Yeah. What do you mean? (laughs) <laughs> I, I think about I think about the the big controversy we put in Madam President, which was the DNA collection. You know, um, that was that was her her pet policy was was DNA collection. And now I think, oh my God, why did we put that idea out there? <laughs> That's oh, yeah. Thinking yeah. ahead, it could end up being all my fault, and I apologize. <laughs> but that would get your book on the bestseller list. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, we want to thank you both for being here, Taylor. Thank you so much. And T-Novin, yes. thank you yes. so much for being with us. This has been quite a delight. It's great to hear your thank voice. Thank you, guys. And, mm-hmm. um, I appreciate we, it. We look forward to what else you got coming for us. All right. I'll keep you all posted. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, guys, so very much. It was great. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, guys. Take care, okay? Be safe. All right. Yep, you too. Bye-bye. I thought that was a great interview. It was very I interesting. A lot. I feel smarter. I do too. <laughs> right? It doesn't happen often, but I do. Yeah. The attention to detail and historic mm. accuracy is just so phenomenal. Yeah, that's a lot of work, but it's like apparently you, work they enjoy. Yeah, exactly. If you're right. if you're Passionate. into that, that sounds like the perfect job. Yeah, it's like little Easter eggs all over that you can just go and research further, and you know that it's you know legit. One of those things you can even the fainting goats. Yeah, the fainting goats. Yeah, who would ever think like, oh, excuse me, goats were not around. I think this year, but yeah, one of my favorite parts would yeah to be the read those notes at the beginning. That's Uh like, oh, okay, I'm gonna go find out about all this stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I didn't I didn't know a whole lot about Tian before that interview, so it was very interesting. Yeah, it was great, and uh, you know, hopefully he'll make it out to the convention. I know. Talk to a train. That's right. Well, if you want to tell us about some of your favorite, maybe favorite T. Novin stories or other fan fiction writers that you might want us to interview on the show, you can send us an email at shenerdsout at gmail.com. Hit us up on the Twitter, perhaps, um, at snopodcast, <laughs> A-S-N-O-P-odcast. Very, that was very clear. Just ro- rolls off the S&O tongue. podcast. <laughs> Snop podcast. Come on. But only with one D? <laughs> uh, against the normal traditional spelling with yeah. two Ds. Um, anyway, yeah. or Facebook or the Graham <laughs> at Sheenerdsell podcast. <laughs> I try. Well, ladies, until next time, She Nerds out. She Nerds. Girls that like girls that like dirty things.